Chapter 19 of Mr. Wicker's Window by Carly Dawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Arthur Piantadosi. The long days passed on board the Mirabelle. The hours rolled majestically past, it just did the waves through which the Mirabelle cut her way. Amos and Christopher were kept out of sight until Mr. Wicker's ship was several days out to sea, for the crew, not knowing the success of their voyage dependent on Chris, would have been surly at the presence of two such young boys on board, useless cargo in their opinion to do not nothing about seafaring. But when Chris and Amos appeared under the banner of stowaways, the Creoles considered them full of spunk and welcomed them warmly. Both Chris and Amos found life on a sailing vessel strange and fascinating, but difficult to get used to. Ned Silly, their, their best friend on board, was the one to whom they turned whatever his duties gave him free time. However, to Chris's surprise, it was the first mate, sad-looking Mr. Finney, who would patiently instruct them in sea terms and answer their endless questions. As the days passed and the Mirabelle pursued her long course through tropical water, Chris, with many free hours to occupy, he at last understood how the model of the Mirabelle had been so painstakingly arranged inside a bottle. For the time it seemed long between glimpses of shore and shore, and until they sailed for a time along some wild and beautiful tropic coast. Then Chris would lean in on the side of the ship, looking at the mountains or jungled shore. A scent such as comes from the open door of a hothouse would drift out to sea to the sailors who looked yearningly toward the land and the greenness. A warm breath of flowers, damp moss, and leaves in the sun would mingle with the rough salt smell of the sea. Chris and Amos imagined themselves what the forests or the mountainsides would be like if they could only land and investigate them. Now and again, small flocks of birds, migrating perhaps, or blown out to sea, would land on the Mirabelle, and Silly made a large cage for some of the sweet-singing, gaily-feathered creatures for Amos and Amos. And on one occasion, when the Mirabelle was sailing past Brazil, a flock of butterflies was carried out on a breeze from shore and hung on the rigging until the boys imagined themselves in a blossoming wood. Chris had found, in his first day at sea, the count shell Mr. Wicker had mentioned, and he alone of all the Mirabelle's crew knew how the venture had fared. That first evening in the little cabin, Captain Blizzard had given Chris and Amos, Chris had waited impatiently for Amos to sleep. The two boys each had a hammock slung across the cabin by night, which they rolled up and put away to give more room by day. But that first night, poor Chris had begun to despair that he would ever hear Mr. Hooker's voice from the shell, for Amos was excited and had no wish to go to sleep. He swung back and forth, happy as a dark bird in his hammock, his round eyes looking toward the porthole where there was the faint gleam of bright sea. Chris! Amos said, We're sure going on a mighty far trip. That Mr. Finney, he showed me on a map, but I never heard of any of the places we passed by. The Bahamas, he says to me, then the West Indies, Cuba, Barbados. He was ticking them off on his fingers as he named them. And on to South America, away down on the tippy end around. What's the name of that loud named place? Cape Horn, Chris said. He was scarcely listening. Amos tried to prop himself up on his elbow and promptly fell out of the hammock in a flurry of arms and legs and a heavy landing thump that brought a shout of laughter from Chris. After an attempt at making his bed against the instant hammock in some little difficulty and clambering safely back in again, Amos composed himself with the least possible movement in the swinging bed and yawned. Uh.
I just remember, he said, where else we're going? Wise Man Islands or Solomon Islands? You mean Solomon Islands? Chris asked him. Amos gave another money on. Oh. That's what I said. Miss Becky, she read me to me in the Bible about Solomon, how wise he was. There was a pause. On that way, Amos's voice was becoming indistinct. We'd go past the West Indian Islands next, Chris murmured to himself. I remember that. And the Sail B.C., Amos said in a whisper. Celebs, Miss directed softly. What I said, came Amos's voice, and then at last there was silence in the cabin. He almost got as far as the China Sea, Chris thought to himself, and holding to the hammock, eased himself out, and on bare feet went quietly to a sea chest. Its square bulk stood in the shadow of the wall, but fragments of light from the night sigh caught the brass nail heads and bands upon it, so it appeared to wink cheerfully at Chris in the gloom. Slowly, to avoid any creaks that might awaken Amos, Chris lifted the lid, thrust in one hand, and found the shell. He held it near the small port for a moment, its rosy interior faded of color in the gray light. Then he turned it in his hand and put it to his ear. At first he heard only the rustling sound of surf on a beach. Then the sea sound became fainter, and a voice so familiar that it meant home to him came to Chris's ear as if from a long way off. Christopher, Christopher, here I am, came Mr. Wicker's voice. How are you? All going well, I hope. Please be doing me the favor to tell the captain not to put ashore to his usual place in Tahiti, but to go by night to a cove he will find twelve leagues further along the coast. I will tell you what to do nearer that time. You will find ample fresh water near that cove, but the chinchilla is up to mischief. You must escape it, and all on board the Mirabelle should be witnesses to what Claggett Chew plans to do. The voice faded out and then returned. You will probably like to know how far behind the venture is. She ran aground, most unfortunately and most surprisingly. It's three full days behind you, but she is a fast ship and she can soon lessen this distance. Please tell the captain so. He is the only one to know of my gifts, and it is possible for me to communicate with you. Tell him not to stop for water or food until his stores are running low. You must not waste time. Have you heard me? Tap the image of the shell three times for yes. Miss Tap three times. Feeling much happier, and all at once, not quite so much alone. The voice came back to his ear. I am following your progress from this room in the manner you know. Practice your magic alone, or you will lose the knack. Now, good night. Oh, yes. Becky Boozer has been crying into her apron all day. Partly for Ned Silly, but I fancy... Chris heard a chuckle from a rebel member room. <laughs> but I fancy... Archie, for two boys. Good night, Christopher. Sleep well. End of chapter 19 of Mr. Wicker's Window by Carly Dawson